Good morning. Welcome to church. I, I instinctively want to say hey, but I feel like that's trademarked and I'll have to start paying my dad royalties if I do. Uh, but I am so thankful to be here with you today, whether you're in the room or, or joining us online. Um, past few weeks, we've been going through emotions, trying to figure out how we can get a better grip on our emotions so that we can give control of our mind and our hearts to God. We've talked about anxiety, we've talked about guilt, we've talked about anger. Today, we're going to finish things up with despair. Despair, it can sometimes feel like all of these emotions just wrapped into one. And, and maybe you've experienced moments of despair at some point in your life. The complete loss of hope, you just can't envision things getting better as you're faced with that moment. You, you just can't envision recovery from whatever is happening in your life, these unexpected situations, uh, maybe the loss of a loved one, maybe the loss of a job, maybe a failed marriage, maybe a miscarriage, uh, maybe you or, or a loved one is experiencing some form of, of sickness or disease, despair. It can just feel like it's around every corner sometimes in life. Moments that come without warning or invitation Moments of despair causing us to feel full of fear, causing us to feel like we are completely alone, causing us to feel uncertain about what the future holds for us. One of the biggest problems with despair is that it can lead to interrupted intimacy with God. Lost in despair, we can lose sight of God's purpose. We can struggle to feel God's presence in our lives. We can, we can forget all about God's promises for us. As a result, we cultivate these false attitudes, a false attitude of fear, a false attitude of loneliness, a false attitude of uncertainty. In the book of 1 Kings, we find a man named Elijah. He's feeling exactly like that. And when we find him in, in chapter 19, and we find him beneath a tree and he is breathless and he is almost lifeless as he sits beneath that broom tree. Elijah, he is a prophet of God. Prophets in the Old Testament were people who spoke on behalf of God. They were like messengers. There beneath that tree, he begins to think of, of all of the events that have led him to this point. Elijah, he had just delivered a very dramatic message to the king of Israel and his wife Jezebel. A message declaring that God was not going to stand for their corruption and their worship of a false God. And now because of Elijah's actions and the message that he delivered, Queen Jezebel, she wants Elijah dead. So Elijah, he has been fleeing for his life. He was terrified. He had traveled all day into the wilderness in hopes to escape the wrath of the queen. Exhausted at the end of his rope, he takes refuge beneath the shade of a broom tree. And maybe it looked just like this tree. <laughs> there, can you see Elijah sitting beneath that tree? It's there beneath those branches that one of the most famous prophets of God, he, he, it's there that he begs for God just to take his life. Here's what the Bible says. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and he prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. 
Then he laid down under the tree and fell asleep. In my spiritual mind, I, I can see maybe Elijah is weeping, overwhelmed by the threats against his life, overwhelmed by the feeling of failure. In his desperation, he feels afraid because the queen, she wants him dead. He feels alone because he feels like there's no one left by his side. And he feels uncertain because he feels like he had failed at what God had asked him to do. He's struggling to see how he could ever recover from this. He's struggling to believe that he is even capable of continuing to do good work for God. It seemed as though everything that he had just done in the name of God, it was all for nothing. He'd expected a different outcome. He had expected a different result. And when things did not go the way he had planned, he ran. He ran for his life until he found himself collapsed beneath that broom tree. And beneath that tree, overwhelmed by fear, loneliness, and uncertainty, he prays for God just to allow this tree to become his headstone. This spot in the shade, God, just let this become my grave. Just let me die. Elijah, he's crying out to God, weeping and pleading in his despair. He prays and he prays and he prays and he prays until eventually exhausted both physically and emotionally, he falls asleep at the base of that tree. Have you ever found yourself in life collapsed beneath that broom tree, overwhelmed by despair. Your, your thoughts are invaded by fear, loneliness, and uncertainty. Despair, it makes its way into our lives because of these situations that we cannot control. So in our despair, we, we, we rush to the shade of that broom tree. And beneath that tree, we begin to make graves of our own. And in those graves, we lie our faith. Believing for some reason that God has abandoned us because of these unexpected situations occurring in our life. Uh, in those graves, we lie our relationships. Believing for some reason that we are all alone now because of these unexpected situations occurring in life. In those graves, we lie our ambition. Believing for some reason that we are capable of doing good because of these unexpected situations occurring in, in our life. We, we bury our commitment to God. We bury our love for others. We bury our aspiration for goodness in our life. And then we lay on top of those graves. We make our bed there beneath that towering broom tree, consumed by a deep sense of despair. And we begin to just stare at the branches overhead, trying to remember what hope feels like. Can God even see us through the thickness of those branches? Are God's arms long enough to reach down and uncover everything we had just buried in the ground? Will we ever feel better? Will we ever recover? Will we ever feel hope again? I've had my fair share of moments spent beneath the broom tree. Uh, moments I felt lost in despair. Moments leading me to believe that nothing is ever going to get better. Moments that caused me to hold tightly to false attitudes, causing my mind to be clouded by fear and uncertainty, leaving me to feel alone and of, of no use to anyone I remember thinking, uh, uh, this is your life now. Get used to the heartache. It seems like this is all you are good for. One of those moments in my life beneath the broom tree was the result of a failed marriage. 
Uh, I'd gotten married in college. After about three years of marriage, I had suspected that something was off. I suspected that she was having a relationship with someone else. Uh, eventually, my, my suspicions, they were confirmed. She had, she had fallen out of love with me and fallen in love with someone else. And after months and months of that, um, she ended up leaving me to be with him. I remember one evening getting home from work. And it's dark outside. I walk into a dark apartment. I flip on the lights to find an empty living room. She had come while I was at work and taken all of the furniture and taken so much more. Um, I, I, I had agreed to it. I knew it was going to happen, but I, I don't think I was prepared for the emptiness. And, and please don't think I'm trying to villainize anyone in this story. This is, <laughs> this is years and years ago. All is forgotten. All is forgiven. Uh, I've moved on from this, but this is a moment in my life where I was filled with that despair. And, and in that moment, as I viewed that empty living room, I remember just turning off the lights. I remember sinking to the floor, kind of zoning out and just staring at the floorboards. My, my heart feeling as empty as that room. The despair that had been building for months and months and months, it had finally set in and I was overwhelmed with fear. What are people going to think I was overwhelmed by loneliness. No one is ever going to want me now. I'm damaged goods. I was overwhelmed by uncertainty. What good exactly is there for me in the future with all of this mess attached to me now? My, my joy and my hope, it began to slip through the cracks of those floorboards. Uh, all I was left with was my pain and my misery. There in the darkness of the room, I, I sat beneath my very own broom tree. I dug grave after grave, burying all the good that I had in life that I felt like at that point I didn't deserve any longer. All that was left was my eventual headstone that was towering above me. All that was left was a deep sense of despair. Elijah, he laid sleeping beneath that broom tree. Dirt was caked to his face from his tears mixing with the earth as he lied there exhausted. Elijah, he was feeling alone. He, he was feeling like he was left to dwell in his despair. But Elijah, he was about to receive a visitor. Here's what the Bible says. Suddenly an angel touched him. The angel said, arise and eat. Elijah looked around. Near his head, he saw some bread. It had been baked over hot coals. A jar of water was also there. So he, Elijah ate and drank. Then he laid down again. Now, 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 this was not just any angel. This was the angel of the Lord. And who was the angel of the Lord? The angel of Yahweh. The angel of the Lord was Jesus it was the pre-incarnate Christ. Throughout the Old Testament, we see the angel of the Lord uh, visiting people. He, he wrestles with people. He comforts people. He, he speaks with people. And now here we see him with Elijah, maybe gently shaking him awake. Hey, 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 you don't look so good. Maybe you should get up and eat and drink something. Now, now I kind of geek out over this part because I'm kind of a Bible nerd. Um, I love reading the Bible and researching and finding the, the different cultural aspects, all these different things. But as I read this text, connecting um, 
that Jesus is the angel of the Lord, the pre-incarnate Christ. As I read this text, I focused on something, the bread. Elijah, he awakes and he sees this bread. But what about the bread? Did you catch the part in the scripture where it had been baked over hot coals? This was not some bread that had rained down from heaven like manna, but this was bread that was prepared. It was baking on hot coal. So in my spiritual mind, I'm thinking, did Jesus bake this bread for Elijah? The angel of the Lord, they're gathering wood and making a fire, maybe sitting next to Elijah as he rests and sleeps beneath the tree and he, he bakes him some bread. And it makes me think of uh, later in, in the New Testament, where else do we see Jesus sitting by a fire cooking after his resurrection, the, the disciples, they're off fishing at the Sea of Galilee and Jesus, he was on the shore and he was cooking them breakfast. Jesus also in the New Testament, he declares that he is the bread of life. He is what sustains our lives. He is what sustains our relationship with God. And now here he is providing bread for Elijah, bread that is going to strengthen and sustain Elijah. And I just, I read that and I just think it's so cool. And I, that's what I love about the Bible. You read it from beginning to the end. It seems like it's all just pointing to Jesus. And Jesus, the angel of the Lord remains with Elijah. He continues to make Elijah more bread. Here's what the Bible says. The angel of the Lord came to him a second time. He touched him and said, arise and eat. Your journey will be long and hard. So he got up, he ate and drank. The food gave him new shrinking. You see, God, he is preparing Elijah for what is coming next. Though Elijah is lost in this despair, he's so focused on his fear in this despair. Elijah, he has forgotten about God's purpose. The angel of the Lord is stating that you need your strength eat and drink. Even though you feel stuck in this despair, God, he still has a plan. God, he still has a purpose. So God was providing Elijah with what he needed to continue on this journey. God was providing Elijah with sustenance to keep his mind and body healthy, to enable him to make good decisions. A lot of times when we are lost in despair, um, we run the risk of neglecting to take care of ourselves. Sometimes even in despair, we have to remember to arise and eat, to nourish ourselves, exercise, get out of the house, go outside, touch some grass, go on a walk, do something that is going to benefit your mind and your body, even in hardship, because that's going to help us think clearly. But sometimes in order to do that, we have to refocus Despair, it can cause us to lose focus. We have to take our eyes off of the fear and we have to place our eyes on God. And we can do that by reading our Bible every single day. We stay in the word of God and the word of God, it's going to feed us. Beneath the broom tree, we seek out God with a clear mind and we allow him to replenish us. And the replenishment that God provides allows us to refocus on God's truth, not the lies in our head that are being caused by the fear. And when we refocus on God, we are reminded of his purpose. His purpose is not to harm us or make things difficult. His purpose is to draw us closer to him, allowing us to give him glory and honor, even during times that are difficult in our lives. 
So when we are stuck in despair, we have to remember to replenish and to refocus. While in despair, we can refocus on God's purpose. And as we do that, God, he is going to prepare us for recovery. He will prepare and strengthen us for what he has planned next. And when we begin to realize during that, that there's no reason to fear because our trust, it is rooted in the truth of his purpose. And we can let go of the false attitude of fear as we refocus and embrace the truth of God's purpose. So Elijah, he rests beneath that, beneath that tree. He, he gets up, he eats and he drinks and then he rests some more. And then he gets up, he re- eats and drinks. And then God, as Elijah regains his strength, God, he's leading him to a place called Mount Horeb. And now I'm reading this in the scripture. I'm kind of geeking out again because Mount Horeb is not just any mountain. This is also known as the mountain of God, also known as Mount Sinai. The very same mountain where God, he met with Moses. The very same mountain where, where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. The very same mountain where God placed Moses in the cleft of a rock so that his presence could pass by Moses. God, he is leading Elijah to that exact mountain. So Elijah, he travels 40 days and 40 nights. And then finally he reaches Mount Horeb. He finds a cave. He crawls into the the darkness of that cave and he falls asleep again. Soon while in the cave though, Elijah, he he receives a message from God. Here's what the Bible says. A a message came to Elijah from the Lord. He said, Elijah, what are you doing here? Elijah, he replied, Lord God, who rules over all? I've been very committed to you. The Israelites have turned their backs on your covenant. They have torn down your altars. They've put your prophets to death with their swords. I'm the only one left and they are trying to kill me. I love that God asks Elijah this question though, because God already knows the answer, but he asked Elijah, what are you doing here? Because he is conversing with Elijah. He wants Elijah to speak freely to him, to unburden his heart. And Elijah does. Elijah explains exactly why he's having this feeling of despair. He unloads on God. He explains his fear, his loneliness and uncertainty. And God, he responds to Elijah. Here's what the Bible says. The Lord said, go out, stand on the mountain in front of me. I am going to pass by. Sound familiar? As the Lord approached, a very powerful wind tore the mountains apart. It broke up the rocks, but the Lord wasn't in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire came, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. After the fire, there was only a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his coat over his face. He went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then a voice said to him, Elijah, what are you doing here? Elijah, he continued to follow God's purpose, continued to follow God's direction. And now the time has come to reunite with God. God approaches and it feels like chaos is just happening everywhere. But God, he was not in the chaos that surrounded that dark cave. God, he was in the gentle whisper. 
uh, whisper that Elijah could have missed had he only been focused on the chaos. But thankfully, Elijah, he had refocused on God. So when that soft whisper came, Elijah, he heard it. And once again, he heard God ask, what are you doing here? Standing at the mouth of the dark cave, he had been drawn out by the voice of God. And now Elijah, he stands reunited with God. Elijah, he stands in the presence of the maker of heaven and earth. Sometimes when we are lost in the darkness of despair, it can feel like chaos. It is just raining free all around us. We can often feel like life is just out of control, but as we refocus on God's purpose, we begin to realize that God, he is not in the chaos. God, he is approaching, rest assured, but he is not bringing more chaos into your life. As we focus on his purpose, he brings us to where we need to be. He brings us to stand in his presence. But sometimes we have to wait through the chaos We have to trust that eventually God is going to show up. And when he does, we have to be ready to reunite. Despair, it can cause us to think that God has abandoned us, that we're all alone, that that even he wants nothing to do with us. But when we truly seek him, when you truly seek him, you will find him. It may be beyond the chaos that we experience, right? But he will bring us through that chaos, strengthening us, teaching us as we wait patiently for him. But we have to remember, even in the chaos, the truth of his presence, that he is approaching. He is coming to our aid as we rest beneath that tree. And as he comes towards us, he is coming in stillness. As he comes towards us, he is coming with peace. While in despair, we can reunite with God's presence. A reunion with his presence, it brings peace into our moment of despair. But we have to unburden our hearts. We can do that by praying to God, speaking freely to him, conversing with him, telling him why we feel like we are in despair. We seek him day and night in prayer. We seek his presence. We seek his peace. And as we do that, God, he will prepare us for recovery. He will prepare and strengthen us for what he has planned next. And then we begin to realize that there's no need to feel alone because our trust, it is in the truth of his presence. We can let go of the false attitude of loneliness as we reunite and embrace the truth of God's presence. Now refocused on God's purpose, reunited with God's presence. Elijah, he answers God's question once again with the exact same response as before. He explains everything to God that God already knows. But there was something helpful about this question and answer process for Elijah. Elijah, he converses with God. He tells God why he's in despair. And then Elijah, he leans in waiting for God's response. Remember how Elijah had been feeling in his despair, uh, afraid of being harmed by the evil queen, lonely because he felt like there was no one by his side, uncertain about the future because he, he felt like he had failed at what God had asked him to do. Well, God responds to each of those specific feelings and God, he gives Elijah encouragement through his promises. The first thing God promises that encourages Elijah is a new king of Israel, go and anoint this king. 
There's no need to be afraid of the queen's death threats because God, he has appointed a new king to take control from the corrupt king and his evil queen. God provides a promise of safety so there is no need to fear. The second thing that God promises that encourages Elijah is a friend. God tells Elijah of a man that is going to become his apprentice. He's going to be with Elijah. He's going to learn everything from Elijah and become a prophet himself. And this shows Elijah that his work, it's going to continue even after he dies. And God provides a promise of a companion so there's no need to feel alone. The last thing that God promises that encourages Elijah is a future for Israel. God reveals to Elijah that there are thousands, I mean thousands of people in Israel that still worship him, uh, maybe because of the work that Elijah had done. This is not only another way to show Elijah that he is not all alone, but it shows Elijah that the work he had done, it was fruitful. So God provides a promise of a future in Israel so there's no need to feel uncertain. After Elijah refocused on God's purpose, after Elijah reunited with God's presence, Elijah, he is now able to rediscover God's promises. Promises to help Elijah, promises that will not lead him into more despair, but will lead him to a future with safety, with friendship and certainty, a future with hope. God has those same promises for us. And so when we are overwhelmed with despair, we have to be willing to rediscover the promises that God has for our life. Despair, it can cause us to think that everything in the future, it is uncertain because of these unexpected experiences in life. But when we put our trust in God and we seek what he desires for us, we will find encouragement as we rediscover his promise for us. While in despair, we can rediscover God's promise. All throughout the Bible, we see God's promises He promises us a new heart. He promises forgiveness. He promises that he will never abandon us. He promises to provide for us. He promises guidance and and the list, it just goes on and on. Promises of safety, promises of companionship and, and certainty. And sometimes we need to rediscover those promises while we sit beneath that broom tree. We rest in God through prayer and reading our Bible. We seek his direction even in despair and he will encourage us through the promise that he has for our life. And as we do that, God, he will prepare us for recovery. He will prepare and strengthen us for what he has planned next. And we begin to realize that there's no need to have uncertainty about the future because our trust, it is in the truth of his promise. So we can let go of the false attitude of uncertainty as we rediscover and embrace the truth of God's promise. But when we are in despair, we have to remember to refocus, to reunite and rediscover. As we refocus, reunite and rediscover, we will no longer hold tightly to these false attitudes caused by our despair. Instead, we embrace the truth of God's purpose, presence and promise. And his purpose, his presence and promise, they are going to be leading us away from that broom tree. They are going to be leading us to some place where we can take refuge, where we can find safety, even in our moments of despair. 
Uh, I was lost in despair uh, for a while after my failed marriage. Through the whole process of, of finding thing, uh, finding everything out, and for months and months, I, I didn't tell anyone as is. It was all unfolding. I didn't even tell my parents. Um, but eventually, when, when she finally left, everything just kind of came out and everyone found out, which was kind of a relief. Um, <laughs> but I continued to just shut people out. I didn't know how people were going to view me after all of this. I, I was afraid to look people in their eyes. People, they would come over to my apartment. They would knock on the door, wanting to talk to me, wanting to uh, give me encouragement and, and spend time with me and say that they're sorry. But I, I, most of the time I would just hide in the darkness of my apartment. Sometimes when I did open the door to people, then I would just say, hey, I'm fine. I'm okay. Just leave me alone. And alone I was. I was alone and afraid, completely uncertain what the future looked like for me. Left to dwell in this despair, holding on to these false attitudes that were clouding my mind. My faith in God, it was not negatively affected uh, by this despair, by everything that happened. I know that God didn't cause it. Um, but I, I was trying to figure out how, how do I make my faith work alongside all of these feelings of fear, uncertainty, and loneliness, all of this despair. It's like they cannot coexist. I had stopped going to church. The stigma of everything I went through, it kept me away. Uh, I didn't know how people were going to look at me. So my intimacy with God, it was definitely interrupted because of my despair. But there, I remember one Sunday, I, I was just tired of being away from church. I, I missed church. I, I grew up in this church. I loved spending every weekend, every Sunday here, attending, uh, being in worship, hearing my dad preach. So I knew that this Sunday I, I had to come back to church. Uh, so that day I, I made a plan. I was going to come a little bit late. Um, so I would avoid people as much as I could. And I, I remember coming in and I, I took the back passageway and I, I went up to the very top on this side. And I just sat in the darkness where no one would be able to see me. And there in the darkness, I, I was still clinging onto those false attitudes. I, I stood there during worship and I just felt out of place. Everyone around me, they seemed happy. They seemed like everything was great in their lives. They would raise their hands in worship and it all just kind of annoyed me. There in the darkness in this room, I, I was feeling surrounded by chaos. The chaos of my thoughts, the chaos of everything. But eventually that, that chaos, it subsided and I, eventually I, I felt, felt the gentle whisper, Jake, what are you doing here? Now, I didn't hear the voice of God, but I felt God leading me out of the, away from the broom tree, out of my despair, out of the darkness of my cave, calling me to stand before him. And as I wept right up there, letting go of all of that, uh, the band, they began to play a song a song that I had heard and sung many times before, but for some reason that specific day, the, the words, they were causing me to refocus, to reunite and rediscover everything that I had been hiding from. And I allowed the words to pierce my heart and then I sang the chorus. I sang the chorus crying out a prayer 
to God. I, I sang the words that day, lead me to the cross where your love poured out. Bring me to my knees, Lord, I lay me down. Rid me of myself, I belong to you. Lead me to the cross. And as I sang those words to God, I let God know exactly why I was here. I was here for him. I was here to finally let go of my fear, to let go of the loneliness and to let go of the uncertainty. I was ready to refocus on his purpose, to reunite with his presence and to rediscover his promise for me. And, and he replenished me that day. I remember leaving that day feeling different. I left that day feeling encouraged and I decided to start taking steps towards recovery. So I, I moved out of my apartment and I moved into my parents' basement. Um, <laughs> but I just knew that I needed to be around people that loved me. So I, I, I continued coming to church. I started to reconnect with friends and, and God, he continued to strengthen me. He continued to teach me during that process. God, he gave me hope for the future. About two years later, um, I, I moved to Puerto Rico where I was able to live out a dream that God had planted in my heart about a decade before all of that. And now I can look back on that moment of despair and I can see how God was preparing me for what he had next, had planned next. Because about two years after I moved to Puerto Rico, I met the love of my life. I met my sweet Miriam. Um, and I, I cannot imagine my life without her. And we've been married now almost 10 years and we have two amazing sons, David and Jonathan. I cannot imagine my life without them. So I'm so thankful that I got through the chaos to the gentle whisper. So if you've come today and you are feeling like you are collapsed, you are laying lifeless beneath that broom tree, that you are just feeling like you are stuck in despair, I promise you there is hope because our hope, it is solidified in, the, in our God's good character. Our hope, it is empowered by the Holy Spirit who is enabled to crush despair. Our hope, it is rooted in the deep and the rich soil of the cross. So do not worry about the darkness of the cave because our hope, it abounds from an empty grave. Our hope, it is in Jesus Christ and he is the bread of life and he is leading you away from the broom tree. He is leading you out of the darkness of the cave and he is leading you to the shade of the cross because at the cross, you will not find fear, but you will find safety. For at the cross, you will not be alone, but you will have a friend and his name is Jesus. And at the cross, you will, not, you will no longer be held captive by uncertainty. Instead, you will be met with the overwhelming glory of God, declaring with certainty that he has plans for you to trust him no matter what you're going through. Is God whispering to you today, what are you doing here? As you hear his whisper, answer him back, step out of the chaos and step towards the gentle whisper of God, step towards God's purpose, step towards God's presence, step towards 
God's promise. Step towards the open arms of Jesus. Step towards the cross. Because Jesus, the bread of life, he is calling your name. Jesus, he is calling you to arise and eat. Jesus, he is ready to sustain you. Jesus, he is ready to replenish you. Jesus is ready to give you the strength that you need for this long journey ahead. So say to him, lead me, Lord. Lead me out of my despair. Lead me to you. Lead me to hope. Lead me to peace. Lead me to the cross. Today, my, oh my gosh, I'm six minutes over. Uh, today, my, my family and I <laughs> are, um, are heading down to Champaign, Illinois. Uh, we're getting together with my father's immediate family to, to celebrate the life of my grandfather. My grandfather passed away um, a few weeks ago. And uh, my Nana, she didn't want a funeral. She just wanted a, a time where we could all get together as a family. And... Um, so today is going to be that day we are going to reunite my family. Some of them, my cousins and uncle and aunt, I haven't seen them in over a decade. They've never met my kids. I've never met their kids. So this will be a reunion, not a reunion surrounded by despair or sadness, though my, my Nana is probably still recovering. Um, but, but it's a time that we will reunite, declaring that, that we have hope no matter what. Because we are going to celebrate a man who spent his life living in the shade of the cross, showing us what it looks like to have a faith in Jesus Christ. And so we gather today to celebrate the hope that we have in Jesus. No matter what we face in life, no matter what despair comes our way, there is hope. And it is Jesus Christ and the same power, the same power that drew Elijah out of that cave. The same power that, that brought Elijah from the broom tree and into the presence of God, that same power, it is active. It is working in our lives today. And so we gather today as a family so that hope can flow through us. And, and that's what I want to say to you before I leave is, is this is where hope reigns free. As we gather together, that, was, that is what makes hope flow. It's our connection, our, our family together. That's what cultivates the hope. It helps remind us of the cross. Oh my gosh, I, I got to stop preaching. Um, if, if you would stand, I'd like to pray over you before I leave. If you've come today and you just feel like you need prayer, we will be down here to pray with you. Um, my friend Micah, he's going to be baptized today. Uh, so we will have a baptize, baptism. If you've come today and you are just ready, you are sick of sitting in the shade of the broom tree and you are ready to sit in the shade of the cross to, to dedicate your life to Jesus and you'd like to be baptized, come down during this last song and the water will be ready and we will baptize you. But first, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you give. We thank you that we can gather in your name that we can bring whatever baggage we have, whatever despair we're going through, we can bring it to you. And as we leave today or anyone listening online or watching online, we just pray that your presence and your joy and your peace would fill us so that no matter what we face in life, we would have hope. So that no matter what we encounter, no matter how many unexpected situations come our way, we have hope because of Jesus Christ. We pray we continue to find our hope there and it's in your name we pray.
Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wire podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and follow us on our social media platforms. That way you can stay up to date with what's happening here at Central. And as always, have a great week.